0: Amen and amen. Good morning everybody. Um, welcome to day seven. It's the final day of this month's prayer ring um, and I, I'm going to just share and we'll pray. I hope that we are able to unmute our mics today and pray together. Um, it's Sunday so I know most of us are not going to work. Um, I hope not anyway. So we're able to pray audibly, you know. So please, when it's time to pray, let's pray together. Let's um, lift our voices together and let's just, you know, pray unto God. Um, this morning, um, I'd like us to go to the book of Second Peter chapter 1 and we'll read from verse 1 till about verse 11. Please let's open our Bibles. I hope we have our pens and I hope we have our notes, our jotters, and our Bibles open before us um, as we share the word of God this morning. Thank you, Jesus. So I'll read from the King James Version. through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. Verse four, whereby are given unto us, exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, Verse 9, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he had forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Verse 11, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. So this scripture, um, we see here that it is stated, um, a few things are stated and explained as giving diligence, giving diligence to your calling. And the other day we were talking, we were looking at, the hope of his calling for our lives you know so here um it is explained that um we we give diligence to make our calling an election show and the bible explains in verse 10 that for if ye do these things ye shall never fall you know you won't backslide you won't um, you won't be neutral in your journey you know and the other day i think i touched briefly on what backsliding what backsliding really refers to, it is not necessarily going back to old sins that you have been transformed from before your life was renewed and before you met Christ, but it's just retreating or not even progressing or um, returning to maybe certain thought patterns, maybe not necessarily in the physical, um, it will show as deeds, but maybe just thought patterns or even beginning to doubt in your heart, certain things. The Bible says, um, Um, give diligence to your calling to make your election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, Verse nine actually says, he that lacks these things is blind, cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his own sins. So he's blind, he cannot see afar off. And he has forgotten, you know, he's blind, cannot see afar off, and he has forgotten blindness, the absence of sight. And that's why every time we come together to pray, one prayer amongst our other, you know, amongst other prayers that we make frequently on prayer ring um, is, Lord, give me eyes to see. Because blindness is it's, it's a big, spiritual blindness is a real issue. When you're unable to see, it means that you lack perspective. It means that you are not able to evaluate. It means you're not able to weigh things. It means that you would then begin to treat things trivially. We talked. We looked at the life of Esau and the life of Jacob yesterday. And one of the things we saw that distinguished, in fact, the major thing that distinguished their lives was the fact that was... The ability for one to see, to evaluate, and one other person's inability to evaluate or to weigh matters um, in the spirit. And so Esau, on the one hand, was ready to sell off everything he had just for momentary grade, um, um, gain and satisfaction. But Jacob could see, he could see a Pharaoh, you know, um, um, and there was something that he was reaching for. And so the Bible is warning us against this, and the Bible tells us this is how you make your election sure. This is how you preserve that which you have. This is how you um, build your faith. This is how you build yourself up. When you have these things, when you put these things in practice, um, um, you are you are giving. I like to use the word substance. You are giving substance to your to um god's calling over your life you're giving substance to the office that god has called you to and by office it's not just limited to um being a pastor in quotes as the world knows a pastor to be each and every one of us is a minister of the gospel each and every one of us is a child of god because christ is the tree and we are the branches so we are we are an extension you know of his kingdom on earth just as it is in heaven. So each and every one of us has a part to play and a role to play. So I'm just going to share on some of the things that were, you know, there were seven of them that were highlighted here. And the Bible says that we should add to our faith. So the Bible says, add virtue, add knowledge, add temperance, add patience, add godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity. Other versions will say love you know so we'll take it from virtue and we'll pray through all of them um, as the lord permits us so what is virtue um virtue is a it's a well the the root word of it explains it as a, a virtuous cause of thought, feeling and action um and so when i was studying this i started to see it as like a like a pathway of how something be, be, begins as a thought, you know, and then from a thought, a feeling, and from a feeling an action. Actually, I was able to, I, I was on a call yesterday with CI and we were talking over something else, you know, and um, um one of the things that she mentioned that really blessed me was um how, you know, um the Lord gives us signs. There are const- signals that are constantly playing out in front of us, you know, and um, we always have the the choice, we always have the, the, the opportunity to choose what signs we will follow, you know, um, the Bible tells us that signs will follow them that believe, so the question really is what signs are you following and what do you believe? Because it is what you believe that the signs, you know, whatever you believe, those signs will follow you. So from a sign, it becomes a thought. And then from a thought, it builds up to um, a feeling or a stronghold. And from a stronghold, it becomes a culture. And so many times we see that um, it only begins with, you know, just observing something and looking at it over and over and over and over again before you know it you start to think about it you start to meditate on it you start to wonder and ponder you know on the thing you start to um, weigh it in your mind and you know deliberate about it before you know it it goes from being a thought to becoming a feeling not just a feeling as as we know it but really a stronghold something that now takes over you know um the way that you act, the way that you, it now begins to influence the way that you function. For instance, I think it was um, a couple of days ago, I was watching this movie. I'm sure some of us have seen it. Um, It's called, I think it's uh, the social network. I'm not sure, but um, they were just explaining how the internet and um, these big, big data companies make so much money and you know the question is what are they making money from because if you go on the internet now it seems like everything is free information is free there are lots of services that seem to be free you know so people are signing up here and there so the question now became if everything else is free then what is the commodity because like we understood yesterday There is a trade that is constantly going on. So in the absence of any other obvious commodity, it is the person or the user that becomes the product. So all of these companies are making so much money from a database of people, their information. Do you understand? They are selling and trading details of every single person that goes on the Internet, and that's how they are making their money. You will find that companies like, um, let me not mention names, but some of these big companies that I'm sure a lot of us have used a lot of the times to maybe do deliveries or all of that, you find out that the company itself does not, probably didn't have, when they started, they didn't have any warehouse, they didn't have, you know, a lot of inventory per se, but they had a lot of vendors and you, when you see um, maybe the Forbes list or whatever, um stock markets you see that these companies are very 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 successful and you know what makes them successful if you if you don't it doesn't even take a lot of um, deep digging you you just do some research and you realize that they are trading information of everybody every single person that clicks everybody that goes to their site to check whatever thing they are selling their details and their information to advertisers and that's how they are making money you know so how did I get to this point? I'm trying to explain that they understand the power of a stronghold that begins with a thought. They know that once they can get someone to a place that they are constantly thinking and thinking and thinking about a thing it's only a matter of time before the person is strongly influenced by it and starts to act in, you know, in line with that thing. It's like they are creating signs and sim- signals for people to follow so that they can um, create and craft or curate a particular lifestyle for people and so the 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 lifestyle that they are trying to project to people is to encourage them to buy certain products but you can't even buy a product first or you can't subscribe to a thing if you don't believe it whether you strongly believe or you just want to test and see or whether it's a referral they are trading with people's lives and with people's information. You know, and just with this example alone, because I know it is relatable to each and every one of us. All of us have internet because in fact, even if you don't have Facebook or you don't have WhatsApp, you have Telegram or you have emails or you have Zoom because this is Zoom that we're using. You know, so there's all, you know, this is just giving an example that is relatable to each and every one of us we must be careful about the signs, about the things that we follow, the things that we sign up to. You know, very recently, I've been finding that quite a number of people have been taking breaks from, um, and it happens every so often, you know, people just say, you know what, I think I've had enough for now, I want to take a few days or take a few weeks or take an indefinite break from social media for whatever reasons, Um, because you just find that A lot of things are being thrown at you. Sometimes you don't even realize it. People wake up in the morning. The first thing they do is they're picking up their phones to look at, you know, you haven't even said, thank you, Jesus. I know I have been guilty of it a few times, you know, a number of times, actually, you know, you haven't even said or done anything, but right there, I catch myself in the moment i'm like what am i doing why am i picking up my phone it's a programming it has happened over and over and over and over again and it gets to a point where people begin to depend on a thing that they don't even necessarily need a lot of people are suffering from the spirit of addiction they're addicted to so many things so it may not even it may not just be drugs or um Bad habits, you know, in terms of the obvious bad habits of stealing, of telling lies that people are addicted to. Even behavior, behavioral habits. People are addicted to a lot of things. So you find that the spirit of addiction is at work And at play strongly in this generation. And this morning, we even just pray and break that stronghold of addiction. Addiction to the wrong things. Addiction to anything that does not glorify our Father. We ask and pray, Lord, that you would even take it away from us. Separate us from it. We denounce it. I would like you to pray. Just begin to denounce wherever you are. If there is any addictive spirits that you may or may not identify, but maybe somewhere in your heart you know, that Something does not sit right somewhere, you know. That maybe something is up, you know. That maybe, um, um, you are, you are playing out any form of um over over dependency on a thing that sh- as it shouldn't be in excess. I'd like you to even begin to pray and ask the father to destroy every soul tie that may have been established because you see, it is not just people we have soul ties with, it is not just um, 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 um. People, yeah, that we have soul ties with, even things, you know, even thoughts. There are certain things that, and you know, it's for different reasons. I was doing um, a soul audit yesterday, and there was a particular thing that God had been highlighting in my spirit. And I had been thinking about it. I'm like, God, what's going on? Why does this thing keep coming up? Why does it keep coming up? You know, and I thought about it. I said, even at the time years ago, when I was a victim of this thing, it wasn't even for a long period of time. It was for a very short period of time. So why is it that above everything else? It is something that constantly, it's like it intimidates me. Every time I see it happening around me, it's like something just comes and pulls up a picture of my past and tells me, look, this is who you used to be. It means you're not too far from it. It means that there's no distance from who you are now. It's just a matter of time. And it kept happening over and over again. And I didn't even realize that I was under attack. And every time I saw it, every time I was reminded in my my heart, I realized that I would shrink down a little bit. I would cower down a little bit. I would become so afraid. And then one day I had to take it to the Lord. I said, God, I don't know what is going on. I thought I had already crossed this bridge. I thought I had already gone past this thing. But for this thing to keep coming back and playing itself over and over again in my mind, you know, and I said, God, I'm afraid. I don't know what's going to happen one year from now if it continues. Like, You know, and I kept praying and I was asking God to give me clarity. And, you know, while I was with that audit yesterday, I was thinking about it. And the Lord started to tell me show me how everything really happened. He told me it was at a time in your life where you were very low and you were very vulnerable. So there are many times that things come into our lives and we are not watching because we are not vigilant. And, you know, it was at a time where spiritually I wasn't even sound. You know, I wasn't, this was years ago. I wasn't conscious of the battles, you know, that were, and, and and the kingdoms that were at war over my life. So I... So I I, I began a habit and, you know, I didn't even realize that how many years down the line, even after being saved, it would be something that the enemy would try to use as torment. So what I'm saying is, it's not that I went back and did anything physically, but the enemy started trying to. It's like he was sending ads. He was like he was sending ads to my spiritual feed every time I went to my, let's say, spiritual Google site. I started seeing sponsored ads and I didn't know where they were coming from and I said oh I thought I had clicked not interested many times you know how you go to your Instagram page and you are constantly seeing on your explore page you have are they are are bringing up a lot of things that they think will interest you and it is really curated by what they believe you're interested in or your geographical location or something because everyone's feed is different you know Um, So I kept seeing those things, I'm like, God, what is, and you know, the Lord started to help me understand that it happened at a time where you were at a low. And I looked at that time in my life, I had lost my dad. I I had, in fact, too many stories, but it was a very deep and dark period of my life. And I was like, no wonder, because it didn't make sense any other way. And there was something else at that time that um, I had also gotten into, and I remember, Last year, God delivered, delivered me from that mindset of even thinking about it. Because backsliding does not start with the action zone. Remember, it starts with a thought. It starts with a sign. And from there, it moves on to a feeling. You start to feel like, okay, you know what? That means nothing much has changed. Maybe I'm still the same person. Maybe, you know, and it's like the enemy is constantly trying and trying until it gets to a place where you are taking actions because he's giving you those signs to to follow you because you are believing in those things. But signs will continue to follow those who believe in Christ Jesus. And we must see that happening on the flip side as well. I'm very thankful that above everything else is one of the things that the Lord has been able to help me identify and understand, especially this year and in the last couple of months, how... Um, when scripture presents a matter before us, you know, just being able to look at it from the other side of the coin. If you remember during, um, I think it was July prayer when we had um, uh, the altar of fire. Yes, it was the altar of fire. And one of the things we talked about was a deliverance from dead walks, you know, and I remember when I was preparing for one of the studies And God told me if there are dead works, that means there are living works. You know, so God just awakening me to that reality of another side of things. And so here we're talking about signs following people who believe. What are the signs and what are the things that you believe? And what is following you? We must be very careful. We must constantly guard our eye gates, not just our physical eyes, but our physical eyes also, very importantly, because our physical eyes is with it that we are able to see things in the physical, is with it that we are able to evaluate things, is with it that we are even feeding ourselves. It is with our eyes, you know. Um, Even recently, there's one of the scriptures um, in the book of Job that God has been reminding me of that part where Job said, I have made a covenant with my eyes that I will not sin against. I will not look lustfully upon a maiden, you know, for him, that's what the consecration was amongst other things, because the Bible tells us that Job was an upright man. But even in your life, in my life, what are the things and what are the ways in which you are making covenants with your eyes or with your ears or with your hearts? You know, um, what are the consecrations that you are making for yourself, for this good fight of faith that we are engaged in? Because there is a constant fight. And you know, the word fight is used not to discourage you, but for you to know that you are at war, but you are also guaranteed and assured by the word of God that you are victorious. You are more than a conqueror already, but it does not stop you from engaging in that fight. It doesn't stop you from engaging in that fight. But so what the word of God does is it allows you to be rightly positioned in the battlefield. You will know the weapons, the, 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 the ammunitions, the devices that are available for you, and you will know how to fight the good fight. You will know how to wage war, and you will know how to position yourself as a, as, a, as a as as one that is victorious already in the kingdom. And you know, um, on the on, on the Lord's side. Praise God. I hope we're still here. It's very quiet. Praise God. Um, yeah, thanks. Okay. Okay. Um, and so virtue speaks about, you know, I just explained virtue starting with the thoughts. Um, the, that's why the Bible tells us, guard your heart with all diligence, out of it comes the issues of life. It's not these philosophers and these um. um what do you call them? I don't know, all of these uh, business experts of today that are bringing out these truths. These truths have been written in scriptures years and years and years ago. Guard your hearts, guard your hearts. You know what it means to guard a thing. You are covering it, you are watching over it jealously. You're ensuring that nothing is coming in or going out without your notice, without your permission. It's like you are even walking into a palace. You know, just try, in, just imagine walking into Birmingham Palace or walking into um, aso Rock. There, there are heavy security guards um, 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 littered everywhere. I'm sure they are like, maybe, I don't know how many passes you have to go through. You know, and so at every point where you are going in, they will ask you means of identification. Sometimes even, somewhere like even the world system going to bars, let's even use now restaurants and bars, local um, eateries or whatever, they will even ask you for, there are some places, especially with the rise of people, they will ask you for your pass because they want to be, they will ask for a pass for vaccination, you know, and why are they doing that? Whether they believe or not, whether the vaccine is working is not the issue, but the fact that they are taking the measures that they think they should in terms of checking for the safety of everybody else that is in that place. So even in schools, daycares, offices before you are permitted into certain buildings you have to show your means of identification and you have to show that you have work that you are going there to do so is it that you are going there to pour in your time and be creative as in a workplace or you are going to buy and sell and to trade and make that business more profitable so why should our lives be any different why should we just permit anything to come in and to go out you know i will share something with us that blessed me couple of was it this year or last year, some time ago, I remember I was, for some reason, I was just on the internet for a long time. And because a lot of the work that we do now is e-commerce, it's easy to get caught in that trap. Of constantly being on your phone or on your laptop. And you know, I just found that at some point I was just taking in a lot of information I didn't need. And I'm like, what's going on? I just knew that something about it was was not right, even without anyone saying anything to me. And I felt like the Holy actually, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, You are not garbage. So why do you keep loading yourself up with anything? You are not a trash can. Why are you taking in garbage, garbage in, garbage out? Anything that comes, you just toss into yourself. Why are you? why are you allowing, why are you not handling yourself with respect, you know, and that thing became a game changer for me. In fact, from then, anytime I'm getting to a point where I'm consuming too much um, social media or too much information that I don't need, I just remember that thing the Holy Spirit says to me, and it gives me the grace to tune off. You know, and to focus on the things that are important. So, this is what the Bible means about virtue. Virtuous in your thoughts, virtuous in the way that you guard your heart, virtuous in the way that you steward your mind, virtuous in the way that you steward your life. You are not just allowing anything coming and go out of you. You are watching over it. You are prayerfully guarding and consecrating yourself. You are intentional about the news, about the information, you know, that is reaching you. That's why the um, social media terms like feed is used, you know, for your timeline. It's called a timeline and it's called a feed because it it is taking up your time and it is feeding you literally. It is feeding you. So we have to be careful about how we eat, what we feed ourselves in. I pray that the Lord will give us grace. I know that the Lord will give us grace because his word guarantees us that his grace is always sufficient for us. And every time he releases a word to us, it is because the grace is already sufficient and the grace is abundant. It is just for us to know, identify, and to take it and to run with it. And so I pray this morning that everyone under the sound of of my voice will receive this grace and walk in grace the grace to be able to fight the good fight the grace to be able to war the grace to be able to guard their hearts the grace to be able to do that which is required in this good fight of faith in the mighty name of jesus amen amen the second is knowledge um and the root word for knowledge explains it as moral wisdom such as is seen in right living it talks about general knowledge you know and what stood out for me in this is that it is a wisdom that is seen in right living um sorry please can you reduce the volume of your phone or the music in your background thank you um so moral wisdom such as is seen in right living so it is not you know so what stood out for me is the fact that there is wisdom that is spoken And there is wisdom that is seen. There is wisdom that is heard. And there is a wisdom that is lived. If you look at the life of Solomon, it was wisdom that was lived. And that is why he stood out. Wisdom that is lived. So, you know, there's always more in God. It is one thing to speak and people say, oh, what, what manner of wisdom is this? But you know, there is more, we can advance to the point where our lives are showing forth the wisdom of God. The Bible explains that in Solomon's time, everything about him was manifesting the wisdom and the glory of God. Even in like, he paid such careful attention to detail that even, you know, the way that he built the tabernacle of God, it showed that ah, wisdom must have been at work in this person. We have to get to the place, you know, or rather, there is a place that we can get to in God where we no longer have to speak a thing, but it is seen through our lives. It is seen through the things that we build. It is seen through the structures that we, you know, that that we erect. It is seen through the way that we live our lives. It is seen through our culture. It is seen through the way we speak. You know, it is seen through the way we communicate. It is seen through the way we engage. It is seen through the way we interact. It is seen through us without even speaking. Wisdom that is seen. Wisdom that is lived. That the world will see it and they will give glory to our Father in heaven. This is our prayer, oh God. Father, we receive that grace, oh God, to live lives of wisdom, to live lives of knowledge, oh God lives that will that will show forth your wisdom lives that will show forth your goodness lives that will show forth your glory almighty father in the mighty name of jesus amen amen mm-hmm. the next one is temperance you know and um it's it's the same as self-control as we see in the fruits of the spirit um it speaks of The virtue of one who masters his desires and passions especially his sensual appetites you know um and while i was writing the notes for this um session i was thinking about it i said you know what i should actually ask a question how many of us have even mastered ourselves how many of us know our top five strengths and our top five weaknesses do you even know it you know because for instance in the business world these are qualities and attributes that companies must know you know and they go beyond knowing their own strengths and weaknesses they also now know the strengths and weaknesses of other players in the market and competitors you know um and they are armed with this knowledge in order to be at an advantage against the opposition and in order to thrive so if you are asked today what are your top five strengths do you even know them what are your top five weaknesses? Do you even know them? And what are strengths and weaknesses? They are character traits or skills that are um, considered positive for strengths. And for weaknesses, there are character traits or skills that are considered negative or not as well developed. So the fact that something is a weakness means it can be converted to a strength. How? It takes the mastering of the thing. You see, and mastering a thing does not mean that you are defeating it. It means that you are aware of it. You understand it. You understand the things that trigger it. You understand the situations that makes it come to the surface. You understand the, the um, environments that, will I say facilitate it or expose it, you know? And so that is why you you must master these things so that you are not constantly taken on our ways by the enemy. So just like it's in the business field, the enemy is the opposition, and he's the he's the he's like the competitor, constantly trying to take you out of business, constantly trying to fight against you, and he's constantly arming himself with the with 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 the things that um, the seeming weaknesses of people's lives, you know. And the thing about weakness is that when it is not mastered, it thrives as a weakness. It's just like light and darkness. What gives power to darkness is the absence of light. And so when you begin to master a thing, when you begin to understand it, how it works, you realize that, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm a kind of person that doesn't do well with stress. When I'm too tired or when I'm too hungry, I start making silly, incoherent Um, decisions you know or maybe I'm the kind of person that shouldn't talk too much or maybe I'm the kind of person that I shouldn't even sleep for too long or sleep for um, too short a time because if I don't rest properly I become agitated in the morning I'm not able to make proper decisions or maybe I'm kind of person that I can't eat breakfast first thing in the morning. If I eat it, I become too tired regardless of what it is. You know, maybe all I need is water. Maybe all I need is a cup of milk. Or maybe I'm the kind of person that if I don't have breakfast, I will be cranky knowing how you function mastering yourself mastering um you know your strengths and your weaknesses and the thing about strengths is um when you know them you are able to build upon them you are able to stretch them you are able to see what them you know and about weaknesses it is not for you to cower down it is not for you to be discouraged But for you to see it as an opportunity for the strength of god to be made manifest in your life you know um Just like um, Apostle Paul said, he said that he glories in his weaknesses because through it, Christ is made manifest, you know. um, So that should be our stance. God is not telling us that we should defeat the weakness or we should be discouraged by the weakness. He's only asking us to master it, know what it is, be aware, be vigilant, open your eyes, see evaluate things and how do you know these things it is through the word of god because the word of god is the one that goes in it's like a double-edged sword it searches through the intents, it searches through your mind it searches through your character it's, it's you know it divides asunder that which is a strength that which is a weakness that which is a stronghold that which is a soul tie it shows all it shows you all of these things and it brings it up to the point where you are now aware of it and you are able to articulate it in the place of prayer you are able to articulate it to the place of deliverance they are able to articulate it and bring it before the lord and lay it at his feet so many times um you know we are making prayers for most times it's like as um, Otilonge will say it's like scatter bullet prayers We don't know what exactly it is. Why? Because we have not taken our time to sink deep into ourselves. We have not taken the time to evaluate ourselves. We have never gone on a project of, you know what, I want to understand myself better for the next 21 days. I want to do a personal evaluation test. If you go on the internet, they will show you different ways and different metrics and different methods and standards of evaluating yourself. They'll tell you, oh, you're this personality, you're that personality. As fantastic as all of that information is, and most of them are close to accurate, but it was another person that devised that scheme and is giving it to you and you are accepting it. How about the ones that you devise for yourself? How about the ones that you sit down under the light of the word of God. And you say, you know what? I want to find these things out for myself. There is no way that you will spend even an hour in the presence of God. Trust me. And you will not come out with more information. There's no way. It's like a treasure hunt. Whatever it is that you are seeking under the microscope of under the lens of scriptures, you must always find something. The Bible says seek and you will find. So what are you seeking? What are you seeking? If you are seeking to understand yourself more and there is nothing proud about wanting to know who you are through scriptures, it is not trying to know yourself through the lens or through the wisdom of this world, but through the wisdom of God, through the evaluation systems of the spirit. When you surrender yourself to the spirits, the one that was present at the time that God created you, the one that was breathed into you on at creation, when God poured his breath, into into man you know or put his breath in, into the earth into the substance of the earth and he said let there be you know he said and he, and he created man after he had created um, um, the heavens and the earth, and he had done a complete work of creation. Then he created the man and he created the woman. He cre- created mankind by breathing in, in him the breath of life. It is that same spirit that you are now returning to. What you're saying is God take control. It is under your government, under the lens of your word, under the lens and the... the, the, the Boundary lines of your spirit that I want to see. And I want to know. I want to meet that person that you created. That person that you formed in the beginning. I want to meet that man. Not the fallen man. Not the one that the world is presenting to me. Not the one that is broken and battered. But the one, the picture that you had for me me, the picture that you had when you created me, the person that I was in the beginning before time began, that person, Lord, that is who I want to see. That is who I want to meet. I want to understand what you were thinking, God, when you were creating me. How did you configure me? How did you place my genes together? What were the things, what were the environments that you had in mind for me to thrive in? How can I understand and master myself? If you look at a lot of thoughts leaders today, the people that are making the waves, the people that are um, uh, most influential in the world. I don't even need to call names, you know them. There's one person, for instance, everybody identifies as, you know, being influenced by her one way or another. And the world, you know, um, would I say, um, appreciates people like that, why? Because they have mastered themselves, not because they don't have weaknesses, But they have mastered themselves and they are able to um, um, draw people, you know, create a following, create a culture, you know, around themselves, create a mindset, create um, a fan base around themselves. Why? Because they have mastered themselves. There is nothing as powerful as a person who has fully mastered himself or herself and even more so under the lens of the spirit, under the lens of the word of God i like us to pray this morning I just ask the Lord to help us, to give us the tenacity, to give us the wisdom, to give us the grace to even stay in the place of scriptures as we dig deep into our lives, that the Lord will give us the, the, the grace to even sink deep into ourselves, to understand who he created us to be. There's a scripture in Galatians that talks about sinking yourself into sinking deep into yourself let me find it i believe it's galatians um chapter five or chapter six let us pray while i find the scripture you can pray in the spirit. You can bring your understanding. But you're saying, Father, give me the the wisdom. Give me the ability, O oh God, to observe myself in the in the in the light of Your Word. In the name of Jesus, in the name of jesus this scripture is in galatians chapter six from verse four to five the bible says i'm reading from the message version it says make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into that the bible says don't be impressed with yourself don't compare yourself with others each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life the passion translation said let everyone be devoted to fulfill the work god has given them to do with excellence and their joy will be in doing what is right and being themselves and not in being affirmed by others this is a generation and an age where Everybody wants affirmations. You see people constantly doing affirmations. Affirmations of me. If your affirmations are not rooted in the convictions that are felt from scriptures, I don't understand what that affirmation is. Who are you affirming? And what are you affirming? And what does that affirmation carry? And what can he provide for you in the place of the spirit? It says every believer is ultimately responsible for his or her own conscience. Every believer must do the creative best they can with their own lives. Make a careful exploration. Make a careful exploration. Be conscious of who God has called you to be. Until you have given yourself to doing the work for yourself, or to doing the work by the by the by the grace of God, you will continue to be unsure of who you are. And so you can be easily influenced. Remember, it starts with a thoughts. It starts with that virtuous thinking. It starts with thinking, then it is followed by a sign. It is followed. Sorry, it starts with a sign, then if it, it is followed by a thought, then it is followed by a feeling, and then it is followed by an action. So what are your thoughts about yourself? When the Lord reveals a new thing to you, when the Lord shows you something about yourself that you didn't know, whether it is good or bad, sit down, write it down, bring it before the Lord. If it is a good thing, you give him thanks. You ask him, Lord, how do I see what it, that it may grow and it may multiply. If it is something that is um, detrimental to you, if it is a character trait, maybe from a family line or whatever, take it before the Lord also. Take him because it is because of his mercies we are not consumed. You know, so the consumption sometimes is not just from the camp of the enemy. You may be consumed even by yourself and you may not know it. You may be consumed even starting from ignorance. And so every time the Lord reveals things to us, you should have a book where you write down things that the Lord speaks to you about yourself. Today, I'd like to encourage us get a book and a pen and have it. it could be a small book let it be a hard copy preferably but if you know you can do it on your tablet or on your phone the thing about phones and all these electronic devices is that it's like in battlefield once you get the notification will come in and it will go out and then you may be sidelined but get a book where you actually write things about yourself what are the things that you have noticed what are the things you even want to know you know um how do you how do you what kind of person are you in different scenarios? How are you in the, in the office or in the marketplace? How are you with your family? How are you with your friends? How are you when it comes to um, fitness and healthness and, and, and wellness rather, you know and living um, a healthy life? How are you in all of you know, just as many as possible. I'm just giving all of these examples off the top of my head. but as many as possible as the Lord reveals to you. Have a book where you write these things down. Trust me, it will go from just writing down things about yourself to actually becoming prayers where you are praying and you're saying, you know, you start to see gaps in certain places to heavenly standards, not the pressure of anybody, you know, because the issue with some of these affirmations and all of these things that we take from the outside is that in our places, an ungodly demand. Um, on us to compete or to compare ourselves with other people and the scripture tells us here don't compare yourself with others it is an ungodly thing to do it is you telling God that that work you did for me is not good enough I want something else it is you converting that in an ungodly way not to say that it is wrong to be inspired by people but let this inspiration provoke you know, um, a godly emotion within you to want to become better for yourself, to want to improve on who you are, but not to bring you to a place of condemnation where you start to look down on yourself or you begin to look spitefully at yourself. And then it leads to hatred and all sorts of crazy things. And then finally, it spirals into depression. Praise God. Um, So the Bible is talking about um, temperance and self-control. To have self-control, you must be armed with knowledge of who you are. Master yourself. Mastering yourself, not meaning trying to fix a weakness that you observe, you know, um, but recognizing a thing, mastering it, um, not to the glory of yourself, but, you know, um, giving it to God, giving it to God, trusting him, he that has um, identified it for you to walk you through it, to show you how to let's say, manage it, to show you how to advance from it, to show you how to escape certain things, you know, that may be um, a stronghold in your life or maybe in your family life or any of those things. Um, Acknowledging God and his power and strength to be made manifest in your life. If you remember the day we talked about the hope of his calling, we started by saying that, um, or rather one of the things we talked about was that The hope of his calling, we know it first by acknowledging him because it is not Mm -hmm. our calling, it is his calling. So you see, everything always just circles back to knowing God, knowing God, knowing God. When you know him, then you can trust him. When you trust him, then you would see him as faithful. And when you see him as faithful, then it is accounted unto you as righteousness. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Um, The next one is patience. And it talks about steadfastness, constancy and endurance. Um, It's explained as a man who is not swept from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith by even the greatest trials and sufferings. When I I saw this, the first thing that came to my mind was the three Hebrew boys. They were not moved. They actually told um, Nebuchadnezzar they told, they, they said, we're not careful to answer. Like, we're not even missing our words. We're not afraid to let you know that this thing you're ask, asking us to do. We are not going to do it because our God is able to deliver us. And they told him as an add-on that hey, just in case he does not even deliver us, we're still not going to bow. In other words, oh great king, do your worst, why? Because they were not swept from their deliberate purpose and their loyalty to the faith. They were loyal to the faith, to the faith, to the faith, the faithfulness of God. They were loyal to Christ. They were loyal to God. And the true victory really came from that stand that they took. Everything else that happened was an add on. Everything else that happened was a plus. But the fact that they could stand in the day of adversity and still stand, it was and in itself is a testimony. It is a testimony that even when everybody, do you understand what it means? It's like, everybody else. There's an example I want to give, but let me just, I'm sure some of us already know because that's what's happening today. Everybody else is doing one thing. And there are some people that have said no. In fact, I know someone that even quit her job She said, okay, fine, since you want to start firing people for whatever this thing is, that's the more reason why I'm not going to sign up for it. And um, she quit her job and she left. So now the question is not whether, oh, should I do it or should I not do it? It is the fact that I have taken a stance and I have said that I am not going to do so and so. And it does not matter what comes after that. you know that's the most powerful place to be? To be resolute, to be strong, to be able to stand. You know, and the strength is not even in your own abilities; in the faithfulness of God. The Bible says that they were loyal to the faith, even to the greatest trials and sufferings. Another example says cheerful or hopeful e- endurance and cons- and constancy. Um, and that re- that just you know what came to mind was a man that runs a marathon, or a person that runs long distance, or runs any kind of race anyway. But marathon. Um, would do it, you know, some justice or maybe a half marathon because it talks about a cheerful or hopeful endurance. So if you've met a runner before, someone that's ever run any long distance and you ask them, what does it feel like to run? I don't know anybody that will tell you, oh, running is exciting. It's fun. I love it. I love when I'm putting my body through all of this pain. In the moment, it's not exciting, but there is a hopeful endurance that we put ourselves through. Why? Because there is a mark there is a mark, you set out and you tell yourself, today I'm going to run 42 kilometers. Today I'm going to run 20 kilometers. Today I'm going to run five kilometers. Today I'm going to run 10 kilometers. And so if you notice like, okay, um, there's, a marathon, there's a marathon coming up soon. And by grace of God, well, I, will, I hope to run <laughs> that marathon. It will be my first marathon. you know. But it is not just enough to identify that you want to run a marathon. talking about patience now you know there's a joy and a hopeful you know um, what's it called sensation that you feel oh my god this is my first marathon i'm excited but that is not enough in itself it starts with preparing yourself you know you start with a plan and then you prepare yourself how do you plan part of planning is paying the price i don't know anywhere even in nigeria that's running a marathon is free. In fact, recently they started asking people to pay. You pay you pay something. So you put, like we talked about yesterday, what price are you paying for the thing that is set ahead of you? Guess what? You're paying the price. You are the one that will still pay the physical price as well. You are going to run that race by yourself. Nobody is going to run it for you. Nobody is going to the least you the most you have is people standing at different stop points to give you water to cheer you on, you will see cheerleaders, guess what, they're not running the race. They're just standing there. There are different markings on the road to show you, you've done your first 1K, you've done your first 2K, you've done your, you know, and so when you start off initially, there's energy. All the days of practice. And, you know, running a marathon, it takes a lot from you. In fact, studies show that you must give yourself at least 12 to 20 weeks of constant practice. Constant, intentional, calculated practice. You know, and in that time, you we are, we are checking things like, like, your, your, um, like your mileage. You're checking your distance. You're checking your speed walk. You're checking your recovery all of these things are incremental if you run maybe um 20 miles this week next week you want to make sure you're running 25 miles another week and then in maybe once in every seven to 10 days you make sure you're doing a longer you know so all of these things are calculated steps yes what the marathon is just one day one day you're running that marathon you know on paper but the marathon mentality is that you start running 20 weeks before. Why do we always, you know, why are we forced or made to believe that our race, this Christian race is like a sprint that sometimes we're on fire and it's like, ah, fantastic. You know, anybody that comes my way, any demon that comes my way, we'll fast and we'll pray. And you know, ah, we are good. Praying has happened. One week of prayer rain, I'm on fire. No enemy can come near What happens the remaining three weeks of prayer rain, after prayer? Rain? How are you engaging? Are you still running? Are you still racking up your mileage? You know, are you still building up yourself? Are you still going with that runner's mentality? Are you still um, engaging with cheerful or hopeful endurance? Are you still walking or running in constancy? Are you constantly staying in the place of preparation? Knowing that any time now, any time now, it will be time for me to run this, you know, to, to, to throw in the final 1K, to throw in the final one mile. Are you constantly staying set up and constantly staying prepared? And, you know, while I was thinking about this, um, the Lord laid something in my heart um, concerning prayer and um, prayer is going to be advancing again. And we're going to start doing more teachings now, not just our seven days of coming together to pray every, every month. But in the weeks to come, I know we already have, but there's a new form and there's a new shape that I believe, believe that the Lord will have us go in, which is coming together, even if it's once a month, I'm sorry, once a week for the remaining three weeks, and we are breaking down some of the things that we have shared on the call, you know, because one hour is not enough to go through all of these things. We may listen to the recordings over and over again, but there is something about the Word of God that is being taught that fuels us up and strengthens us. And I know that this is the next phase for prayer reading. And in the coming weeks, you know, all of that information will be passed on. And if you're interested in being a part of this, it will be on Zoom as well, you know, um, but it will be more of a teaching session. Um, please drop your emails, drop your email addresses. You can drop it in the chats here, or you can drop it on Telegram um, because we'll start compiling the mailing list and we'll be reaching out to whoever is interested. So what the, what we will do is we will take um, the teachings, you know, for instance, now this prayer ring ends today, but next week is, uh, this week is another week. Next week, another week. And we will take maybe three or four of these topics and we will spend at least two hours on a particular day, whether it's Wednesday morning or, sorry, Wednesday or Thursday evening, and we'll sit maybe from 6 to 8 p.m. Everyone comes with their Bible, everyone comes with their journal, everybody turns on their screen, and we're sitting down with the Word of God. We're making it an interactive session. We're asking ourselves questions, we're taking on assignments, we're discussing, you know, we're, We're feasting on the word of God, feasting on the word of God. That is what it means to feast on the word of God. Be intentional with the word of God, taking it, sitting down in the presence of God and enjoying the fellowship of the spirit, trusting him to visit us with revelations, insights, you know, understanding, deeper knowledge of his word, you know. Um, So I'm just trusting God for that. And like I said, all of that information will be passed on. But I'm saying this about running the marathon because it speaks about a cheerful or hopeful endurance. Why are you cheerful and why are you enduring? Running is an endurance sport and you endure because, you know, there is a finish line. There is a medal at the end that I must collect. What's the point of running a marathon if you do? I mean, if you don't get your medal at the end of the day, fantastic, you put in the work, but it's like a crowning, you know, it's like a crown on your head when you get that medal and you see all the weeks, all the days of practice in winter, in summer, all season long, I was pushing myself and finally I attained. That's why Paul said, not that I have already attained, but one thing I do, I press. He keeps pressing. He Through patience, he is preparing, he's participating, he's pressing and he's persevering until he receives that reward until you receive that reward and if we're talking about hope and we're talking about faith, each and every one of us must be people of patience we must be able to exercise patience in everything that we do are you dealing with someone or 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 you you know someone in your that God has placed in your life that really tries your patience you know it's it's very funny because when we pray about these things I'm saying oh God give me patience give me this give me that it means that we're saying God Invite me to the table of testing, you know, let me advance beyond the patience level that I had yesterday. And the Lord will test you, you know, because he wants to bless you. So the testing is the endurance that we go through, you know, but the, but the, but the guarantee, the, 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 the cheerful or hopeful endurance is unto the blessing, unto the reward of God, unto the inheritance of God, which he always has for us. Praise God. Um, I'd like us mm-hmm. to pray this morning. You know, for everything that we have heard, the Scriptures goes on to talk some, to talk about godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Godliness, and not a form of godliness. Second Timothy chapter three tells us about those who have a form of godliness, and the problem we have in a form of godliness, above other things, is that they are constantly learning. We are constantly seated in these powerful meetings we are constantly in the face of revival but your life is never transformed and to that this morning we say god forbid that will not be our portion that we only have a form of godliness but nothing to show that we only have a form of wisdom but it is not shown in our lives that we only have a form of kindness we have a form of knowledge we have a form of virtue we have a form of temperance but in the day and in the time when it matters nothing shows this morning lord we give ourselves over to you as we always do lord but even more with understanding this morning thank you father because your word has found us once again and we know by faith that our lives have been changed and so father we say that in faith and we say that in hope because we know lord that there is work to be done and we give ourselves, O oh God and we commend ourselves, our minds, our bodies and our souls and spirits unto your spirit, O oh God to do that work which he is equipped to do for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, this mm-hmm. morning, O oh God, we lift up our lives before you. We lift up our souls before you, O oh God. We ask, O oh God, that you have your way. Let your name be praised. Let your name be glorified. Let your wisdom be exemplified through our lives. In the name of Jesus, Father, help mm-hmm. us to add to our faith virtue help us to mm-hmm. add to virtue knowledge help us to mm-hmm. add to knowledge temperance help us to add mm-hmm. to temperance patience help us to add to patience godliness help us to mm-hmm. add to godliness brotherly kindness help us to mm-hmm. add to brotherly kindness charity oh god to add mm-hmm. to with love my god in the name of jesus because your word tells us that we make our election show when we do these things oh god we give substance to the calling that you have for our lives When we do these things, oh God, we will not backslide. When we do these things, oh God, we are preserved. When we do these things, oh God, we give an efficacy, oh God, to the the work that you have done, the foundations you have laid for us. Let each and every one of us see ourselves through the wisdom, oh God, of Christ Jesus. Father, help us, Lord, to be just like Paul, wise master builders, oh God. Show us, Lord, how to give. Give of ourselves, oh God, to the work that is required. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. Father, let us never stay in discouragement, oh God. Let our spirits, let our souls, that our bodies, that our minds be encouraged, oh God, even by your word. In the name of Jesus, Father, we mm-hmm. ask and pray, oh God, that your word and your will will be perfected in our lives, oh God. And indeed, that when Christ comes, when Christ comes, oh Father. His hope will not be cut short for us. Amen. His joy will be full concerning us. Amen. He will look at us with excitement. He will look at us with fulfillment, oh God, mm. as though he has run the race. He will mm. look at us and indeed, we will be his reward. He will mm. inherit us and every walk and every deed and every thought and every act of faithfulness, oh God, that we have expressed through our lives to God that Christ will come and he will be proud of us he will come and find in us that Mm -hmm. which is in him in the mighty name of Jesus we will project him oh God we will project Mm -hmm. him Christ will be the fortress be the fortress the governing factor the governor the, the the boundary over our lives. He will rule and reign as king in our minds, in our lives, and in our hearts. In the Amen. name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you praise. Just lift up your voices this morning and thank God. Thank the Lord. Lord for his goodness, for his mercies, and for his kindness, for his faithfulness, because once again he has visited us. And whether you believe it or not, but I encourage you to believe that he has already sown seed seeds in us, seeds in us, time will tell, time will tell how we go to walk with these seeds that God has given us, and so Father, we thank you for coming to pour again into us, thank you for another invitation to come up here, thank you Father, because we are evaluating accurately, we are understanding accurately, my God, in the name of Jesus, oh Jesus, we give you praise, every stronghold, every thought, every mindset, oh God, that is not facilitated, by your Holy Spirit, my Lord and my God, it loses its hold over us, in the name of Jesus we break every chain, every chain, oh God, of depression every chain, oh God of strong, um, of, of soul ties, oh God, we break it by the power and the weapon of the blood of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, oh God, for your faithfulness we thank you, oh God, for your spirit, the spirit of boldness that is in us, Father, we thank you for the courage and the boldness to take up the battle for our lives, to to mm-hmm. fight oh god the good fight of mm-hmm. faith in the name mm-hmm. of jesus father mm-hmm. let the culture mm-hmm. and the nature of prayer oh god of persisting oh god of love lord of perseverance let it never depart from our lives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We never forget mm-hmm. oh god let us not be like that man oh god that is blind that cannot see far off and forgets yes. every yes. everything that christ has purchased for him let us not mm-hmm. be like mm-hmm. that oh god as we mm-hmm. continually behold your word oh god Let us continually see you and let us project you, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the days to come. We thank you for the season that we're in. And we thank you for all that you will do, all that we will see, my God. We give you praise and we give you glory. Father, if you are laying in our hearts, Lord, to come into new places of consecration, Baba, let us not hold back, oh God. I understand that it is by love and by trust that we are able to give ourselves over oh to the demands that you place on us and so father if there is anyone that is operating under a shortage of love or trust in you father I pray oh god that you even open their hearts open our minds open our eyes to see more that we are instruments of your love help us to understand even more this love that you have for us that we will not hold back we will not put our heads down we will not run away god from your calling Mm -hmm. towards us from your beckoning towards us my god Mm -hmm. in the name of jesus father your Mm -hmm. word says that you stand at the door and you knock Mm -hmm. at different times in our lives lord you are Mm -hmm. standing you are knocking because you are constantly, as you invite us, Lord, you are constantly hoping that we also Mm -hmm. invite you in. Father, Mm -hmm. let us invite you in this morning. Mm -hmm. Let us prepare a table for you. Just the way Mm -hmm. you prepare a table for us, let us see our Mm -hmm. lives as the table that you are preparing, as the table Mm -hmm. that we are to prepare for you, to invite Mm -hmm. you, oh God, to Mm -hmm. accommodate you, to host Mm -hmm. you, oh God, and to Mm -hmm. make you feel at home with us, to come and Mm -hmm. fellowship with us to come and tabernacle in us because we are your temple. Our body is a temple. We are your temple. We carry divine presence. We carry your presence. Right. We are designed to carry your presence. Father, every instruction you give us is just like the instructions that you gave the Israelites, Lord, when you were telling them to build the temple. Father, when you mm. were telling them to build the ark so that it can appropriately accommodate your presence. And so oh, every 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 instruction, every precept, every building block, every addition, every sacrifice, every consecration that you are asking us to come into, let us not just see it as a thing in itself, but let us see it as a means to an end. The end that is your coming. The end that is your visitation, oh God, in the name of Jesus. That it touch our eyes, oh God. Wash us, oh God, with your word, Lord. Help Amen. us. Our evaluation metrics. let yes. it not remain the same. Father, if there's anything we ask for this morning, it is that you deliver us and bring us to a place of repentance where our Amen. minds, O oh God, are transformed, Amen. oh God. Where yes, we begin Lord. to change our mind and begin to see things the way that you do, mm. even clearer yes, and clearer, yes. clearer brighter yes, and brighter, O oh God, until Christ is formed within us. In the name Amen. of Jesus. Amen. In your grace, Amen. almighty God. We say thank you, Abba. Blessed yes, be your name, O God. Thank you, Jesus. You are faithful. You are kind. You are glorious. You are beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. In the name of Jesus. And may the grace Amen. of our Lord Jesus Christ the amen. love of God, of God, and the sweet fellowship, fellowship of the Holy, the Holy Spirit, Spirit be with amen. us all, yeah, now, now, now and forever. Whatever, amen. amen. And surely, your goodness amen. and your mercy, and mercy you will follow us, all, us. All, all the days the of our, our, our lives, and we shall and dwell in the, in the presence the of our Father forever. forever. And amen. And amen. And amen. Amen. amen.